0: Today from our news team Summer Summer Games Fest 2021 and that's it that's all the kickoff of E3 that's right it's here baby and this is the Culture Jack news desk This is the Culture Jack news desk your source for stolen information, hot takes, and your weekly news I'm your host, Archimedes Abigail And it's also your source for all things E3 It's E3 2021 It is the, the kickoff of the season of games Of uh, computer and electronics and entertainment and gaming and so, with that being said, we are going to uh, kind of skip our regular news broadcast in favor of doing some E3 coverage and uh, E3 adjacent event coverage as well. And with that being said, it was a it was a surprise actually to me earlier today that the Summer Games Fest was kicking off. And so I I, I I watched it, granted I had to watch it in little bits and pieces throughout the course of the day because it was, it was like a, a, a two hour event, but it was well worth it and a lot of cool games that came out of it. So what I'm going to do today is uh, I'm just going to kind of discuss some of the things that that we saw, uh, maybe throw out some titles that you haven't heard about, if I can maybe help describe a title title and, and kind of what it's about, get, get that feeling of it. I would highly recommend, if you have not seen the footage from the Games Fest today, if you do hear about a game on this podcast or anywhere else that piques your interest, they do have some good trailers. And uh, the host for the event, Jeff uh, Keeley, <laughs> I always want to say Jeff Knightley, but it's Jeff Keeley is a wonderfully charismatic host. And one of the things that has always bugged me about these event showcases, especially for E3, and especially for developers and managers and CEOs and publishers that get on stage and are not used to talking, but because they carry a, carry the biggest stick in the office, they get to go and talk. And so their witty reporté, repertoire repartee. <laughs> what an unfortunate place to stumble on my words is not as well adjusted as maybe some more seasoned speakers that get on stage. And as their hands shake and their voices quiver, they try and throw out jokes that don't land and they make uh, silly quips back to one another that are just cringe inducing and cringe worthy. And the thing about this summer games fest and Jeff Keeley specifically is he is an excellent host he uh, maybe makes some jokes. He's, he seems very genuine. He seems very just like a real person. And he gets right to the point. He says, here's this game. This is the developer. This is the publisher. I'm going to show you something I've been excited about. Here it is. And he shows it. And that's how a game showcase could be. The, the, the best example besides Mr. Keeley is a Nintendo Switch Direct. They say, here's another game we're excited about. Boom, there it is. And you, there's not a lot of, I guess, hand wringing and cringeworthy moments in between. So we'll, we'll get right into it. Uh, the first game that was showcased was from Gearbox and 2K Studios. Uh, it's Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Now, this is a spinoff, I guess, in Borderlands 2. There was a DLC, and I, I only saw. Uh, Dustin's cousin Jesse play at one time, but there's a DLC where your character was shrunk down via some sort of sorcery and put into a Dungeons and Dragons type game. <clears throat> and then they go through this game. Well, a, a narrator narrated over their adventure, similar to like a a DM or a GM in, in those types of games. And th- so this is a completely new IP. Although it does look very, very similar to Borderlands. It, it has apparently kind of a similar looter shooter style to it. But you level a party. It has some big names in it too. Uh, Andy Samberg is uh, associated with this one. Wanda Sykes is in this one as well as, as, well as others. Um, but it looks really interesting. It's teen, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands and it's coming out sometime early next year. Uh, The next one that they showcased was uh, SNK, or was by SNK. And if that name sounds familiar, that is the publisher or developer of the Metal Slug game. So if you remember Metal Slug X, you had your, your character, or it was a co op game. You could play with a friend, it was a side scroller, and you'd go along, you know, shooting these army guys, and then you'd get power ups to your guns in a kind of Contra esque you know, spread shot, shotgun, rocket launcher, that sort of thing. You could jump into tanks after you took the baddies out of the tanks or later on mech warriors. And then at the end of the stage, you'd fight a big, a big boss. Well, this is Metal Slug Tactics. So it's that same game world, but it's inserted into a tactics-like game. So similar to uh, Final Fantasy Tactics or uh, Project, what is it, Project Triangle? Project X Triangle? Project something triangle by, by Square Enix. Uh, but it's the Metal Slug universe and there is no release date associated with that. However, it looks fantastic from what I can tell. Jeff then had an interview with Hideo Kojima. Always nice to see that man come out from under his box. And it was a to introduce a Death Stranding director's cut. Uh, so I don't know what they cut out of the game because I never played the game originally. I will at some point because I, I do love Metal Gear Solid. And after uh, Kojima kind of escaped from Konami into his own thing, I think this was kind of his big first foray alone with Kojima Studios. Um, it's got Norman Reedus as the as the main character, as the protagonist. If you miss the Death Stranding uh, kind of fanfare that went on a couple of years ago, and he goes into this warehouse and there's these guys walking around, these bad guys and it's really funny because he, he looks around kind of deciding what to do. And then he's by a shelf next to a large cardboard box. And it says fragile with some, some skeletal hands around the, the wording fragile. So I don't know what that means. That may have some other implications that I'm not because the, the camera angle really fixated on that, that fragile with the skeletal, skeletal hands, the bony hands. So he takes his box off and he looks the box over and he dumps it out and there's some oranges in it. And he sets it down on the ground The box flaps out. It's upside down. So it's all closed off in the top. And <laughs> it was obviously in, intentional, a kind of intentional homage to Metal Gear Solid as Solid Snake and his friends always were crawling around in boxes to hide from patrolling guards. But he puts the box down and you're like, do it, Norman. Jump into the box. Get under that box. Hide from him. Use the box to crawl through the factory. And he looks at the box, and he, looks and he flips the box over. So now it's right side up. The opening's up. The flaps are out. And you're like, do it. And sure enough, he bends his knees. He gets a good hop, and he jumps in the box. And he kind of tucks himself into a fetal position, and he hides himself in the box. And then he gets out, and he closes the box up, and he puts it back on the shelf. And again, it focuses on that fragile with the, the bony hands around the fragile. And then he walks off, and it cuts to a, uh, a title card that says, Death Stranding, Director's Cut. And so there is going to be a full release trailer coming soon. But other than that, we have no information uh, on it. Uh, As he was as he was interviewing Hideo Kojima, I just couldn't help but think that Jeff Keighley is my favorite host. Like I said at the top of this podcast, he's my favorite host and he's my favorite interviewer. Uh, He just seems he seems very genuine. And so it's no surprise that he's got this, he's got Gamescom, and then he also has game awards at the end of the year. And I guess I'll talk about it a little bit later, but it's it has to do with the future of E3 and what E3, especially in the last year digitally, with the different developers and the different studios doing their own thing, and then this year having a more consolidated approach to it, but still a digital event, what what E3 is becoming He then called in another guest uh, Jeff Goldblum and you know he is a great interviewer but I I had a hard time telling if this was pre-recorded or not because he did a lot of his Jeff Goldblum isms I guess and he was going to and I love Jeff Goldblum by the way he's he's amazing he's so eccentric a character uh, but but also so wonderful I feel like I want to have a conversation with him for like five minutes before I'll get creeped out and then want to leave. But I do want to have that five-minute conversation. And he, Jeff Goldblum also is the narrator of the game that he announced. He announced the uh, Jurassic World Evolution 2, which is coming uh, sometime this year. Now, I played Jurassic World Evolution number one at E3. In fact, it was one of the only titles I got to play at E3. I can't remember if I went in 2018 or 2019, the same year that Dustin did, obviously. Uh but it wasn't very it was like a theme park. It was like a uh city's skyline like a Sim City where you uh Zoo Tycoon, you set up the park with the dinosaurs and you had to make sure they were fed and their fences were charged to the right voltage and if they got out, you know, you had to manage how many people got killed during the escapes. And so it seems like more of that it's only appropriate that Jeff Goldblum is narrating the thing or at least narrating the trailer because of course he was the star in a couple of the couple of the movies I also saw I saw a screenshot somewhere that was like a teaser for Jurassic World Dominion which is supposed to be the follow-up to the last movie which I still haven't seen I think Jeff Goldblum was had some involvement in that as well but is the I kind of know what happens at the end of the last Jurassic World movie, even though I didn't see it. And so Dominion sounds like we have had a great proliferation of dinosaurs. And now we have many, many dinosaurs across the across the earth that are terrorizing, I guess, the populace. I don't know. I'm excited for it. I am going to go back and watch those other ones. Um, I have been watching the giant monster movies, the Godzillas, the the Kong King of Monsters, Oh no! It's Kong Skull Island. It was Godzilla King of Monsters, uh, and then I just rewatched Pacific Rim. So I think that would be a good next logical step is watching those Jurassic Jurassic World movies. Anyway, we're not we're not talking about new stuff. We're not talking about screenshots that you saw on the internet, Archie. What we're talking about is the Summer Games Fest. All right. So the next game, uh, it's an open world looking game by Sable. There was a Musician named Japanese Breakfast who performed. Maybe that was the name of the musician or the, of the band, or maybe that was the name of the song, but it looks like a cel-shaded game. There's looks to be like climbing elements like Zelda. It's a very pretty game. It looks like um, you can ride on this kind of hoverboard. It's got some cel-shaded dust that kicks up behind you. Uh, there were a lot of NPCs that I could see in the in the trailer, and beyond that you didn't really get the explainer that you did in some of the other videos because it was just this musician singing her song over the top of the trailer and it is coming on september 23rd of this year from smilegate rpg and amazon games which amazon gaming was one of the sponsors or was like the sponsor for summer games fest and so I think we need to pay attention to Amazon Gaming and what they're going to do, whether it is on their new system, Luna. I don't know. I haven't heard much about Luna. Like, is it is it still coming? Did it come out and bomb, or did they scrap it? I can't recall. But anyway, this is this game's called Lost Ark. It looks like a uh, MMO game. It's coming out fall of this year kind of like an Elder Scrolls, but it looks like it's got character classes as well. I mean, Elder Scrolls Online may have character classes. I am guilty of not playing that either. Uh, looks cool. Looks decent enough. Maybe not my cup of tea. There are too many games, and we've talked about it on this podcast before, too many games that take up too much time. They are time sinks. And... You always feel hesitant when you get into a game that you know has a lot of character customization, you know has a lot of grinding, you know is going to have a lot of expansion that is going to be looked at as a game, as a service for years to come because that is a hell of a commitment. Um, So yeah, Prime Gaming was the sponsor. Uh, They did say that if you linked up... If you are an Amazon Prime member, I guess this is just another benefit of being a Prime member. You get to download, and they mentioned a few games, but those games that you download, you keep them forever. So it's not like Xbox Gold or like PlayStation Plus, where you you download the game, and as long as you keep the game service, as long as you have that membership uh, active, you get to keep the game. It sounds like this one you download, and the game is yours, just like you've just like you've bought it. Now I don't know. If this means for all consoles, like if you have a Prime membership, can you hook it up to your Xbox or your PlayStation or your Nintendo Switch or your computer, your Steam account, and then get the games? Or is this strictly a PC thing? So I'll have to do some more research in it. if If any of that sounds interesting to you, or if you have a Prime account and are a gamer that wants some free games, it's definitely something worth investigating yourself as well. Uh, other announcements in the show, there was a call of duty Warzone season four little talk. Uh, it comes out on June 17th and one of the unique things about this, and this may be the case with all call of duty games is it showed different maps and different play styles, but as it was showing each of these individual maps, it also showed a very specific player count. Like this one's going to be two V two. This one's going to be six V six. This is going to be 12 V 12. And so i it's, it's interesting that there's a very specific link between game types and modes and the maps that you play those game types on. I mean, I guess it's always been that way. If you played Big Team Battle in Halo, uh, some of the maps there were specific to Big Team Battle, like in Halo 3 uh, specifically. Um, let's see. There was a... Ryan Reynolds made an appearance to do his Ryan reynolds shtick, and he dropped a new trailer for Free Guy. What was cool about this trailer, though, is Free Guy, if you're unfamiliar, is basically Ryan Reynolds is an NPC in a game world. Player characters come in, and they bomb the hell out of the world, and everything goes on, and he finally gets a hold of these glasses that allow him to see the heads-up display that the the player character sees, and he sees health boxes, and he sees uh, enemy... um, you know, stats, uh, sees building outlines and and sees that he's in a game world. And he realizes this. And, and so everyone in the world is talking about this NPC. They don't know it's an NPC. They just think it's some character in the game who's really good at the game. But it's actually in an, an, a non-player character who has gained a consciousness, perhaps. Um, there's all kinds of implications with, <laughs> with that uh, and all of the video games that you and I play. And maybe some of the things that we've done that have been maybe a little a little with a little bit of depravity, I guess, I should say. Anyway, well, the, the really cool thing about this trailer is everyone's talking about Ryan Reynolds character. and they're like, "Who is this guy in the blue shirt?" And it shows all of these online streamers and YouTubers that I have watched in the past. Uh, you know, yeah, you, you've got the Fortnite Sensation ninja. Uh, Jack Septic Eye was another one that I recognized, and then you also had uh, one that my kids watch, Dan TDM. All commenting on this blue-shirted fellow, but it was really cool to see these streamers in a major motion picture. And yes, it makes sense because it's a game; it's a game world, and that's what these guys deal in. They they deal with online gaming and commentating on games for a living. But it's cool to see that a online content creator can go from being a YouTube personality to being in a major motion picture with Ryan Reynolds. Who knows how, how I guess, impactful their roles are in the movie, but regardless, it's still a cool thing to see. Uh, Inner Sloth made some announcements with uh, Among Us. They gave us an Among Us roadmap, and among other things they were worrying by very quickly, but I took as many notes as I could, uh, they introduced a hide-and-seek mode, Which is a mode that I know a lot of people play anyway. They turn the the player character's vision way down. They turn the imposter's vision way up. And then everyone goes and hides. And so it was kind of like a game they made already. They just made it official, I guess. Or maybe made a uh, very specific mode for it. So maybe it's not as violent as the other. They introduced specific character roles. Like uh, scientist and sheriff were the two that I saw. So I don't know what those those roles do. I know there's other games like Among Us whether they are board games or whether they are video games where a murder is committed and there has to be some kind of debate and discussion about who committed this murder and we've got to get them out of town. And there's different roles that, you know, this role can't be killed or this role can can, you know, completely absolve someone of their guilt or there's a role that's maybe designed to take, take the blame off of the imposter or off of the, of the murderer. So I don't know what those are all about yet. Uh, and then they talked about introducing, uh, visor skins. I don't know. I don't know why I'm, I'm going so deep on among us. I don't even know if any of our audience listens, uh, to, uh, well, to us for one, I don't know that any of our listening audience even plays among us as well. And then uh, Jeff Keeley said that he actually had a mask in the game at one point, which was removed from the game. But if you link your Amazon Prime account and then watch 15 minutes of this summer Games Fest, I don't know if it was during the Games Fest. It must have been. It must have been during the live event. Uh, but you would have access to that skin. And then it was going back in the vault. Which led me down a very particular mind rabbit hole of, I think that loot boxes, I think that uh, skins and other specific cosmetics in games are naturally predatory. I don't think that they're good, but there is something that could be much worse and that is a timed skin, a timed exclusive that, that, that gives you that... That FOMO that gives you that desire to get it before it's gone, uh, similar to what Nintendo did with the Mario All Stars 3D or the 3D Mario All Stars this last spring, where they had it in the game store but then they removed it in March or April, I can't recall, and then it's not going to be available again. I'm sure they're going to put it out again for another timed release, but it just, I mean, it just feels so, so scummy to me. And that's just an aside. That, that has nothing to do with Among Us. Among Us is a fine game although uh, there are some people that get really really salty about winning or losing on it. Uh, then there was a Playstation Indies segment uh, that, that focused on Salt and Sacrifice which is coming out fall of next year, fall of 2022 and that one is it's like a black and white side scroller game. It looks kind of like or I've heard it described as kind of a side-scroller Dark Souls game. And we've had other games described as that as well. You know, the, the Super Meat Boys and the Hollows and others. Um, then there was one by Anna Perna and Heart Machine, which I think we got a teaser for at Gamescom or the Games Awards last year called Solar Ash. It's by the same devs that made Hyper Light Drifter. And it looks like a massive game. And so you're a character and it's got that cool cell-shaded look. And you're skating up this huge mountain, and then you just look out of this vast environment, and there's this big flying beast that comes by, and you just skate, you jump right onto the beast, and you're knocking down these little lanterns on the beast. And you just after you get these lanterns, then you can you can finally slay the beast, but it just it zooms in and out that gives you such a scale of enormity. Like it just looks so big and so amazing. It's, it's like a perfect kind of game for me. Like I would love to play that game. Unfortunately, it is a PlayStation exclusive coming out in 2021 on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Then we got Chivalry 2, never played the first one, but this one is supposed to be host to large 64-person medieval battles, and it is available right now on all consoles, so if you want to go check it out, go check it out because it is out, and I love it when they do that. Maybe not for a game like Chivalry 2. It looks, I mean, it looks okay, but it looks unfinished. It looks unfinished as hell, actually. It looks like, you remember the game For Honor? I mean, really cool game, really cool concept to a game where you have these intricate dueling mechanics where you're going to do a jab or you're going to do a a slash uh, from a certain angle and then the other player has to kind of divine based on your stance, based on your movements, what angle they're going to block at. And if they pick the incorrect angle, then they get a strike against them. And so it looked like some of that same mechanics. It may have been also... I think I saw a character who had their arm cut off, (laughs) so they were amputated with one arm, and they were still fighting with one arm, which I thought was really cool. But it looks like those kind of same game mechanics maybe just a little bit more unrefined. There's a new character coming to Valorant, a very quick teaser trailer of a robot-type-looking character that I have no point of reference. Uh, I mean, I guess if you play Valorant or if you play the game that this robot is coming from that is is kind of guest starring or is crossing over into the Valorant world, you you probably were very hyped for that. But I did not feel that same same kind of hype. There is a new area of the map coming for Tarkov, and Tarkov is like it's like a the ultimate battle royale kind of it's like a battle royale survival game. I've seen some people play it and there is situations you can find yourself in where you escape. You don't you don't win like a, a standard battle royale. You don't kill everyone else on the map and then you're done. But you go to Tarkov, you collect weapons, you collect loot, you you collect maybe money, I'm not sure. And you can escape with all of those things. If you die, if someone kills you, you lose all of those things. You lose the gear that you went into Tarkov with. And so it's a a really cool concept that makes you balance that, (laughs) that kind of, you have to weigh how greedy are you going to be versus how much are you a survivor? Because oftentimes those, those two things don't go hand in hand. I mean, unfortunately, oftentimes they do as well, though. Uh, Two Point Studios has another game coming out, uh, Two Point Campus. Now, They were the makers of Two Point Hospital. I've just said Two Point too many times. Uh, And basically you design a college campus and it's got a, looks like a bunch of wacky hijinks. You know, people doing experiments in laboratories, people making giant robots. Uh, It had a couple of people that were cooking on little tiny frying pans and then they were making a giant pancake in the middle of an entire room. And it looks like it has some of the, the same, you know, like facility building things like Sims and uh, city Skylines and stuff like that. So interesting looking game. It looks really well polished. It looks like a a Sim game, but based in a, a college campus. There there was something that Jeff Keeley said in the middle of his presentation. He said, you know, we're going to be done with this presentation, but that doesn't mean that we are we are done because there's going to be more coming as this week apparently June 7th through the 11th I didn't know is geeked week on Netflix and so he uh, another sponsor of, of this show apparently he said you know they've got some great game inspired shows and anime coming out and that have come out on Netflix including The Witcher. Uh, League of Legends anime, and others. And he said there's even even more coming. So this event has apparently been going on for a few days now. We'll have to catch you up on the things that we missed there. And that you most likely missed too. Is Netflix trying to make a event similar to an E3 experience, similar to a... Uh, Cyber Monday or a Black Friday event where, you know, people are hyped up for it every year? And I think the answer is yes. And if that's the case, it's a very smart thing to do. Not only is it an event that people will get hyped up for every year, but if they can put enough, enough, enough exclusive content into Geeked Week to get people hyped up for it every year, that means you have a solid week Where people are just tuned in to your product, and I'm very surprised that other publishers have not tried this before, or maybe they have, and maybe they've, maybe they've failed. Maybe it's like, um, you you know, the the, what's Toyotathon or uh, Happy Honda Days or or something along those lines. Smite is getting another DLC, and this time it's a crossover with Stranger Things. Now, I haven't played Smite before. It looks like any other free online game, like maybe a uh, a Warframe, or maybe not a free game, but one of those big, not MMOs. Yeah, MMOs, sure, why not? Destiny, Anthem, those sorts of things. Uh, they, they also had a crossover before with Ninja Turtles, which I thought was really cool. The, the gameplay looks fine. You can play as Hopper. You can play as Eleven. You can play as one of the... God, I forgot what they're called. The hounds with the fucking flower faces that open up. <laughs> I really wish they were called flower faces. I mean, they should have been. Why not? Jeff Keeley introduced a new publisher. He said, you know, we introduce a lot of new games, but it's very rare we get to introduce a new publisher, and that publisher is Prime Matter. And they uh, made a 12-game... Debut Prime Matter. Oh my gosh, is this a prime gaming thing? I just realized it might be, it might be prime gaming. In which case, I don't know, maybe it is, maybe it's not. But Prime Matter, they came out with a 12 game debut, and I was thinking, okay, these are all going to be new games, but many of them I've seen before. Uh, we've got Gungrave, Gore, The Last, Oracle, Outward, Scars Above. Kingdom Come Deliverance. Now, I've seen Kingdom Come Deliverance before. Dolmen, Crossfire Legion. Now, Crossfire is another game that we've been looking forward to. I can't remember the studio that made that one, though. Iron Harvest 1920, uh, Mount and Blade Bannerlord, King's Bounty 2, Codename Final Form, Encased, Echoes of the Mind, and uh, a new Payday 3 game. So that is an IP... That was from a different studio. I can't remember. Maybe it was Take Two. Maybe it was Rockstar. No, it had to have been Take Two. Are that, is that the same thing? Maybe it was Two K. I don't know where where payday three. k It's obviously obviously not a new IP though. It's the third in the it's the third in the series, and a new painkiller game is coming soon. It'll be interesting to find out when I you know do research after podcast as opposed to before it so I can deliver. Hey man, I had a lot of this to watch all broken up over the day, so thank you very much for getting this out to you at all. Don't be so ungrateful. Eat your peas. (laughs) Uh, There's a new developer on the scene as well that was announced at Summer Games Fest, Stray Bombay, uh, and they are uh, coming out with the Anacrusis, which looks like a four-player cooperative Horde-style game, similar to the Left 4 Dead-style games. It looks kind of like a Left 4 Dead in space, maybe, if I were to make a guess. Uh, Amazon Games is coming out with a new game called New World. Okay, so Prime Matter can't be Amazon Games. Why did Amazon Games miss the boat on Prime Matter? Prime Matter should have been the publishing name the amazon games uh arm of amazon jeff bezos what were you thinking i guess amazon amazon games amazon uh movies amazon prime amazon in general is is kind of a branding thing and so they they're they're fine i guess but that's an mmo it's coming out august august 21st um Rocket League is getting some DLC with Fast and the Furious uh, because, of course, they are. It's a rocket-powered car game. So, of course, you you can get the charger and you can get the, uh, the other car with the rocket strapped to the back of it. I mean, it's only a logical collaboration, but it's not one that I necessarily appreciate because the Fast and the Furious movies aren't super near and dear to my heart. They're fine movies, I guess. I mean... You know, family is what's important after, <laughs> after all. Shark Mob is coming out with a game called Blood Hunt. Coming this year, it is a multiplayer game in the Vampire the Masquerade universe. And so it looks just kind of like a team battle game. I I couldn't tell from the preview if it was a specced game where... You would spec is a assault class or a defender class, but it looked like maybe three-on-three three battles with mind control, and then there also looked like there were AIs as well, so either that is indicative of a single-player campaign associated with the game as well, or it is a co-op style campaign or it is similar to maybe a titanfall campaign not campaign but multiplayer multiplayer element where there are attrition elements involved as well either way it looks really cool maybe not my cup of tea um but blood hunt coming 2021 a horror game that is coming out it just had a a story trailer that looked really cool called house of the ashes so, I didn't really get to see gameplay from it. So, I can't report to you whether it looked like a good or a bad game. Right now, it's just a short animated feature. Which many of these games are. Many of the announcement trailers for the games are. It's coming October 22nd of 2021. So, it it looked like maybe it wasn't a super low budget game. It looked like a game that had some money behind it, so does that mean that we are maybe going to get more of this game in the coming days at at another E3 showcase? Maybe I hope so. I think that would be I think that would be really cool. Uh, we've got Tales of Arise trailer from Bandai Namco. Now we saw this one at one of the previous game shows, but it's uh, just a little more from from those guys. Sky Children of Light which is headed to the Nintendo Switch on June 29th. Uh, Thunderful and Wishfully are coming out with a game in 2022 called Planet of Lana. Now, this one, it, it looks like a... Maybe Xbox and PC exclusive. I don't know if this is a Microsoft exclusive, uh, one of the one of the game studios under the Microsoft Studios umbrella, or if that's just all they've announced at this point, or if it's a timed exclusive, which could be the case too. Though usually we see those timed exclusives going to the PlayStation family instead of the Microsoft family. It looks like a uh, it's a side scroller. Like there's this little child, maybe a little boy, maybe a little girl, I don't know, talking to this dog alien creature in the background. You see these space capsules falling to Earth or falling to Lana. I guess this is the planet of Lana. And then later you see the dog and the child avoiding some alien encounter- encounters in a side-scroller type fashion. Uh, there was a preview for Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance which also showed uh Jeff Keeley and shoot, I can't remember his name. There was a comedian, I and I can't remember her name. There was a, a wrestler, uh a WWE wrestler, <laughs> but they all played a little bit of the game together. It looked very cool. It looked like a, a dungeon crawler similar to like a Diablo. However, it was a over the person third third person style game. So, very different in the gameplay elements, but in the thematically it looked you know like a Diablo, like you would expect for a a fantasy looting style game where you could be different character classes and there was also a scene where an orc was cooking up some human stew which looked mm, absolutely delicious. Um, that's Game Pass on June 22nd. So, that's coming out. I might give that a try just because it's on Game Pass. It'd be nice if I could get Dustin or Anthony to give it a try with me and we could do some co-op stuff with that. Just, I mean, to try out a new game. Because we're always talking about the games that we've been playing. You know, he's been talking about Minecraft. Dustin's been talking about Fortnite. Uh, I've been talking about, you know, just Mario. Like, it's all the games that we've been playing have been around for a long time. It'd be nice to get our hands on a newer game and then play it together to just get some of that experience to be part of some of that hype to ride that wave a little bit. Uh, Capcom is coming out with a Monster Hunter Stories 2 on Switch on July 9th, and then Weezer performed. I haven't heard Weezer perform in a long time, so that was kind of unique, Uh, but they performed similarly to other performances in the show over gameplay of a game called Wave Break, which apparently is like a it's like a boat racing game. It's like boat racing plus Tony Hawk, maybe like a Jet Set, something or other. Maybe it, and there was shooting in it as well. So maybe also like Twisted Metal. I'm not really sure what to make of this game. And again, just like the other one, I couldn't hear many details because there were no details. It was just Weezer, Weezer performing, which you know was nostalgic and nice in in and of itself. Sega and Amplitude. Uh, showcased another game called Endless Dungeon. This one looks very much like Diablo in that is kind of a unique art style, little cell shading, little cartoony, but also in space. And so it's it's so funny to see games like this, to see games like what was it, what was it called, uh, Ac Anac- Anacrusis, where there was obvious inspiration. From other games or other game types. And then they added on top of it. They painted over it. With their own game aesthetic. And. You get more of that thing that you love. If you like those type of games. But you get more options for it. So I love. I love seeing stuff like that honestly. It looks kind of like a tower defense game. But it's also got specialized job class type elements in it as well. Then. Jeff Keighley had an interview with Giancarlo Esposito and uh, about Far Cry 6 as he's the the primary antagonist or so we think so far in Far Cry 6. And there was a a part of their conversation that was kind of away from Far Cry 6 where Jeff asked uh, Giancarlo, he said, you know, who who would win? If they were pitted up against each other or who would, who would put up the biggest fight, whether it was, um, uh, what is his name? Guy Fring. Is it Guy Fring? Greg Fring? Whoever the villain was in Breaking Bad, Moff Gideon, the villain in, um, the villain in the Mandalorian, or I I think his name is Antonio in Far Cry six. And he said, you know, Fring is probably the most devious. He's uh, very calculating. Antonio is probably the most ruthless. But if you were wondering out there, Culture Jank listening audience, that the the one that he thinks would probably win would be Moff Gideon. Because he wields the most power and he also is not afraid to get his hands dirty and get down in the mud uh, to get things done. So if that was a a lingering question in your mind or something gnawing at the back of your subconscious, let it be laid to rest here today on Culture Jacked in in our coverage of the Summer Games Fest. Uh, There's a new developer, Deviation Games, and they are partnering with PlayStation as one of the, I guess gms of the of the new developer came out and said they were very happy to be partnering with playstation they were very proud of the work that their studio had done so far and though they've spent the last year waiting for this announcement gathering the team kind of getting ready they are developing a game though they did not give any other information on it as one of these ceo one of these two ceos was talking to jeff keely he sounded very nervous like he said he he Sounded like he was about to break out and cry on stage there. Uh, So he's very proud of his team. In case you were wondering, the the folks over at Deviation Games, if you are someone down in the trenches building and designing those polygons and assets for your game, just know that your boss is very, very proud. Uh, Then we saw the Philharmonic Orchestra. Uh, Again, play over gameplay footage of another game, and that one was Sonic Unleashed. There was Back for Blood, that Left for Dead game, coming October 12th. But there is an open beta on August the 5th, if you want to get involved in the open beta for that game. Looks really, really, really cool. Another note on Jeff Keeley that I wrote down for some reason. Um, Jeff Keighley is Canadian. Oh, I know why I wrote that. I, I wrote that down because uh, there were several times where a developer or a studio, was from Canada, and he'd say, my fellow Canadian, um, so he's Canadian. If that also was a lingering question you had in your mind, let it be settled here and today. Tribes of Midgard was uh, announced coming out July 27th on PlayStation and on Steam. It looks like a a top-down, so the gameplay kind of looks like Diablo, I know I've used that analogy in a few here, but it's like a top-down, you're part of a tribe, and during the day, you go out and you gather materials. And so the gathering of the materials, because you start almost naked in this game, reminded me of Ark Survival... uh, What was it? Survival Evolved? Survival... The Ark Game. The (laughs) The Ark Survival Game... Regardless, it looked pretty interesting coming to PlayStation and Steam on July 27th. Then Saber talked about the Evil Dead, the game, which was narrated by Bruce Campbell. That's coming out sometime in 2021. It looks really cool. I mean, just the mechanics behind the gameplay, It it's, al- it's always been a hard line to draw, or at least I feel like it has, in having your gameplay be in a way that it makes the player feel like they are in control. while at the same time, making the movements of the, the player that they are controlling look organic, look realistic. I think the dark souls games do it pretty well. The, you know, the red dead games do it pretty well. Um, but, if you strike a wall, there should be some impact with that wall strike. I'm not saying that there are just a bunch of characters, a bunch of chads over here striking walls left and right. What I'm saying is the combat looked very uh, organic, looked very easy to the player, and it looked like realistic movements of the character. And you have a couple slashes. After they slashed a couple times, they'd be able to do a finisher. Uh, would the enemy's HP be low enough? But you can play as survivors that are popular in the Evil Dead franchise. Of course, you can play as Ash. Uh, Hopefully, you can play as... Gosh, what was his name? One of Ash's sidekicks. uh, The one who got the Necronomicon tattooed on him in the series. I hope you can play as him. I I forget his name, but he was very, very funny. Um, That's coming out in 2021. The thing about it is you can not only play as the heroes, but you can also play as the Deadites. Maybe not Deadites is not the right word for it. Deadites was in the series. Um, it could be something else. So some, you can play as the the monster as well after the heroes. So some kind of co-op game, some kind of PV, PVP game. It looks like it's got a story behind it because you're finding relics and artifacts and going a, a, about your business. But um, maybe there are some PV elements at the very, very least. And then uh, the grand finale of the show uh from software Bandai Namco something we've all been waiting for Hidetaka Miyazaki and George R R Martin collaborating on Elden Ring it was it was announced I think it was 2 years ago with a cinematic but they did show some gameplay it looked very good um it is definitely a from software game. One of the things that struck me most about this gameplay footage is not the what is obviously going to be a difficult game. This is not for filthy casuals, as you might assume. This is for hardcore gamers, or at least people that, <laughs> that think themselves hardcore. Probably too hard of a game for me, to be honest. Uh, the thing that struck me most from this game was the very unique character designs. It looked like you had, you know those pumpkins that your your children take trick-or-treating? They're pink and blue and they're plastic and they got the little tiny, uh, very thin handle on them. Looked like one of those with arms and legs. Then at one point, the protagonist was fighting what appeared to be large chess pieces. That moved like men, but they had stony face and stony hair and stony crowns. It looked really, really interesting. Great big eyeballs, very unique designed characters. But I mean, I guess that that could be expected from a person like George R.R. Martin, which is one of the foremost creative artists in the fantasy fantasy genre. Coming to video games, which is great. I love that. I love that collaboration. Would love to see a uh, Brandon Sanderson collaboration. Though recently on Fortnite, it was announced that uh, Kelsier from the Mistborn trilogy is coming to Fortnite, or already came to Fortnite. I think that's probably done and passed because Fortnite's in a new season. I would have told you that today, but we we went went past the news to discuss this E3 coverage, which I think is more important. I think that would be what you want to hear as well. I still do have the news that I was gathering for this week, and I will deliver it along with next week's news on top of it, so it will be probably a little longer episode, which, I mean, if you sat through this one, you'll sit through that one, maybe. I mean, maybe you care more about Summer Summer Games Fest uh, than you do news. Maybe you care more about E3 than you do about regular Hollywood gossip and other gaming and development news. But that's it. That was the last game of the Summer Games Fest kickoff to E3. Um, one of the things that I, I I thought of while I was watching this is Summer Game Fest replacing E3. Is Jeff Keighley becoming the most prominent voice in gaming, commentary, and announcements. I think that he is. I think that he is. I think he is quickly becoming the face of these events. And if the ESA goes away, if E3 is disbanded for whatever reason, it's It's nice to know that there is a suitable successor. Not to mention just Jeff Keighley, with his ability to present, his ability to interview, his ability to uh, announce and uh, deliver news about games that is not in any way cringeworthy, too long-winded, or otherwise technical. It gets you excited and gets you in the game very quick. It's nice to know that there is a successor like him, but also that there are big names in gaming and in entertainment that are sponsoring these types of events with him as an MC case in point with Amazon gaming, with prime gaming and with Netflix. I think we are seeing a transition where what we have typically seen as E3 is going by the wayside and we will see once physical events are more of a thing. And he said that the games awards will be physical. They will be in-person events once again. But once they are more commonplace again, after this whole pandemic is over and everyone is more comfortable going out and being out amongst strangers, I think we will see a a event that follows E3 and the long and storied history of E3. And this is not a dig at E3 at all. This is moreover a, a praise of where the game industry has gone how far it has come, and where it could go in the future. We will see an event, I think, that is more friendly to the consumer and not just to the, the typical typical news channels, the typical media outlets, to the IGNs and the GamePros. <laughs> is GamePro even still around? I'm showing my age, for God's sake. You know what I'm saying, though? I'm saying that I think the... Announcements for the video game industry are in good hands for maybe generations to come. We'll see how long Jeff Keighley keeps up with this and his successors, but I think we have people in positions to do it service, to do it justice, uh, right, right now. And that's that's my last thought on Summer Games Fest. This has been uh, the Summer Games Fest news desk. I guess <laughs> that's that's it that's it. That's all we have for this episode. And we're going to be doing coverage of these E3 events all week. So make sure you stay tuned. If you have not already, please subscribe to the podcast so you can stay up to date every time we release a podcast. And if you feel it within your heart of hearts to leave us a review, we would appreciate it so much. We would just think that's so cool and not to mention it would give you a chance to interact with us. You can do so as well on Facebook or Twitter at Culture Jack. You can send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. But besides that, thank you for joining us here at the Culture Jack News Desk. I'm Archimedes Abigail. That's the news and we'll see you next week Or, or tomorrow. Maybe Dustin's doing it tomorrow. Regardless, one of us will be there.